Let me show you how it's done. Well, well, welcome. You are listening to The Drop, 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 podcast on business tech and influence. I am one half of The Drop, Tam Danier, head of strategy. I lead insights and product. I focus on tech, in particular, solutions that solve real-world problems. And I'm here with... My name is B. Pagels Minor. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. I have been a product manager for over a decade at some of the world's most well-respected companies like Sprout Social, Apple, and Netflix. I've led teams that built important parts of the App Store, launched games at Netflix, built listening at Sprout Social. All in all, my DNA is fully being a product manager. So let's talk about this, right? Let's get into this topic about like what's what's trending in, we both come from tech and entertainment and tech are almost intertwined in so many ways. Entertainment artists are now pouring their capital into tech, right? And investments, it's Nas and Jay-Z. We've got uh, entertainment artists selling out their catalog to private equity firms. What do you make of all that? This is the interesting thing about technology. So people yeah. like talk about like, oh, it's so terrible. It's connected us. And now we have social media and social media is killing our brains. But right. it also is this really amazing way to create equity, right? Because without yeah. technology, would like, like a musician does not need a record label now. And the only yeah. reason that is, is because you have technology that allows them to put their music out anywhere in the world and get paid for it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, to the point of, like, so there's two things there. So one, I love that artists have the ability to capitalize. But I remember that we were talking about this, like, Justin Timberlake bill, and I was, like, so scandalized over it still because I was like, I don't understand how you paid $100 million. For for context, the details of this deal are. So... The piece of the deal is Justin Timberlake sold his entire catalog, not a part of his catalog, his entire catalog for $100 million to this, you know, independent, like, some, Blackstone. you know. Right. Yeah, so Black, so one of the Blackstone's uh, companies in their portfolio. I, I can't right. remember. It's like Higgs. It's, it's, you know, the name of the Hypnosis. equity company. Stuff. It started with another music company, Hypnosis. Let me get the details here or something. Uh, yeah. Hypnosis and, song. It created a new fund specifically to purchase catalogs, music catalogs. And from what I understand, what's interesting about this deal is like, one, it's only his past catalog. I don't believe it includes any unwritten music or anything like that, which is a little bit different, right? Because like, if you look at like, you know, um, Lindsey Buckingham, for instance, he he sold his entire Fleetwood Mac catalog Mm -hmm. and he also sold, you know, any unreleased music. And that was for a few hundred million dollars. So again, like, it, it kind of makes sense to me because Fleetwood Mac is literally like part of the blueprint of music. Like when I think about, you know, music that has been sampled many times, that has been in so many movies, so many TV shows, I think Fleetwood Mac and I go, okay, you're going to get your money back on yeah. this deal. Like there's no yep. question in my mind. This makes sense. Right. But for the Justin Timberlake deal, I was like, first of all, Justin Timberlake doesn't really write or produce all of his own music. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that went through my mind is, was, hey, like, how much does he actually get every time one of these songs is streamed, right? Like, is it like, does he get like one-fourth? Does he get one-eighth? Does he get one-tenth? Does he get one-twelfth? I don't know. But I was just like, and so I, just, I did a Google search, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, let me look at Sexy back in some of these other songs, and not only is it written by like five or six or seven or ten people, it also samples other people. 
Right. So I was like, okay, so I was like, so let me take this. And it's not, it's probably not even one eighth, right? Because I don't know how samples work, but I, I was like trying to understand a little bit of this, right? But basically, you know, the person who originally, that he originally sampled might actually get a larger percentage yep. when his song is played right. than he actually gets right. when the song is played. Right. So then I was trying to extrapolate. I was like, okay, so how do you actually get $100 million back in value for Justin Timberlake's catalog? So then I was like, well, let me go figure out how much, you know, like Drake made from Spotify mm -hmm. since, the, since Spotify started. So Drake has made $114 million, right? And that's with like 70 billion streams, right? And Drake now releases albums that are like 30, 40, 50 songs. I, I swear, it seems like his albums get longer and longer. But part of the strategy is he gets paid for every one of those songs. So that's going to naturally increase the number of streams he's going to have, right? And so, and then every time he releases a new album, it increases the likelihood other people will go back and listen to his old streams. So it's like, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. He's optimizing for total number of streams. Exactly. Right. Justin Timberlake is not as prolific mm -hmm. as Drake, right? And, and I also think that why would he? Like, you know, like, so for instance, he's done a lot of voice acting. He's also presumably right. trying to get into just general acting. And so right. that's his focus moving forward. Right. So right. there's a less likelihood that he's going to recreate albums that are going to generate these streams, like the streams yeah. in the, the, the same manner that you're going to have from a Drake or a Taylor Swift or any of those people who music is their primary function. So that's the first yeah. thing. So I was just yeah. like, okay, I don't understand how you're going to get the streams. So I was like, okay, so now that we, are, I don't understand how you're going to get the streams, let's figure out other ways that you make money off of music. The other way you make money off of music is you put them in movies, you put them in TV shows, they become part of marketing campaigns and things like that. And true Can't Stop the Feeling, I can totally see that. Like, Can't Stop the Feeling is one of those songs that I can see resurging every 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Like, no question whatsoever. Like, I can see it happening. And you look at the rest of his song, like, Sexy Back. Like, is sexy back gonna be one that's gonna just be the zeitgeist that's gonna come back every few years? I don't, I don't know. You know, you know, I'm not saying that Justin Timberlake's catalog isn't worth a large sum of money, mm -hmm. but I just can't understand. So, again, if I'm an investor, if I'm an investor, if I'm Blackstone and I yeah. sell this deal, I'd be like, how are we gonna recoup our money on this deal? Like, how long is it going to take us? Because cause I could easily see it can take 20, 25, 30, 35 years to recoup their money on this deal. And I don't understand how that makes economic sense. Because, well, I'll, I'll tell you from, and I'm going to take the position of Blackstone. This is steady. This is kind of like a bond yield, right? Um, I think this purchase says that they are betting on the internet. If you're betting on the internet, you're betting on streaming. And streaming is going to grow. And streaming is not just the Spotify and Apple Music and those, but it's TikTok and it's social media and it's all of that. So if we believe in the creator economy, I think we say that we believe in streaming. If you believe in streaming, we believe in the internet. And I think that that's what this signifies. This and the other purchases in this space says, hey, Blackstone's portfolio, a lot of it is in the real estate. They, they buy Wyndham Hotels or they, they do things like this. And they, this is kind of like a long, steady yield play. Then $100 million is maybe not a bad deal. 
right? Because let's say the portfolio is now largely made up of this. And as, as, as by the way, they only own um, Justin Timberlake's interest in that catalog. So they don't own the yeah. mass. Right. So they own his interest. And to your point, wow, you're saying a fraction of a dollar is what you're entitled to. And you value that fraction of a dollar at a hundred million dollars. Yes. Yes. And, and, and the thing is, what's really, what's really interesting is, so then I was like trying to find someone, someone comparable, someone who is also a modern artist, if that makes sense. It's like, the, like again, the Fleetwood Mac, the Bob Dylan, Tina Turner, all those people make sense to me because like one, their music is sampled often. So it's like very clear to me that there's like a steady revenue that's happening every single solitary day. Also, I probably re-listened to um, Fleetwood Mac's live album okay. at least three or four times a year. Like, cause Tuss is my, that's my shit. Tuss okay. is amazing. I love that. Like, that's my jam. And it, 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 it gets me motivated. So like, okay. I get why those deals are like that. So I looked at Bruno Mars deal. So Bruno Mars deal, they haven't actually, they haven't said how much it's worth, right? And they only bought a fraction of his of his catalog, and mm-hmm. then they 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 paid for, and he retained. But it still seems very smart, right? Because he's like so what like so one they only like so he has like two hundred thirty two songs, and they only got like a percentage of those songs, and then they only he keeps a percentage of minority share of his music, and they get possible interest in his future music. That deal makes sense to me. Right? Because right. one, Bruno Mars writes not only for himself, but for other people. I think he's prolific enough, and he writes across all genres. I would pay $100 million right now for Bruno Mars' catalog. It gives you access to his future. Mm-hmm. It gives you access to everything he writes for everybody else, too. Right? Because he is the writer and producer, he owns more of the songs to start off with. I kind of get you stuff. Do you really think Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake are the same? I think they will show up on the same playlist in some of uh, some same playlist. Justin Timberlake's from Memphis. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I yeah. got a lot of love for the guy. I got a lot of love for Memphis. So I want him to make his money. I just don't understand how it's justifiable to spend a hundred million dollars. Bruno Mars, I think, gets you to a hundred million dollars in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. I just don't understand how Justin Timberlake gets you to a hundred million dollar return. That same amount of time. I think it makes sense for tech companies to buy into uh, catalogs. Well, what's funny about that is, like, so when I was at Apple, like, one of the things I found was very interesting. So Apple has, like, a bunch of different interests in it. They also have, like, you know, like, Billie Eilish wasn't a mistake. Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a chance encounter. Like, she was, like, they found her, like, some people who worked with Apple many years ago. And Apple's mm-hmm. invested a lot of time and money to develop her. So you would almost say that Apple is, like, Apple already figured out we need yep. to be in the, the artist making business. Right. Right. Because like, that's how we're going to generate business. Yeah. And that's how they're going to generate that type of sticky experience for Apple Music. And it's brilliant, right? And actually, so this goes to this like pipeline, right? So the leaky pipeline exists yep. not only when it comes to talent and tech, and also as talent in artistry and all these other things, right? Because right. you need to create the pipeline to control as much of your product as possible. Right. So would you it's better. Let's look at the outlook of it. If, if by the way, I'm going to give you like some stats on Dua Lipa, right? Talking about like the split and the value. So Levitation was the most streamed song uh, in 2021, and it earned the writer something like four million dollars. Do you know how many spins? Here's a little trivia. I really hate guessing games, by the way, but trivia on how many spins it took to get four million dollars in streaming revenue. 
Well, so, so like I said, I did a Google thing, and it told me that Drake has made $110 million off of 70 billion streams. So $4 million is the 25th of that. So mm-hmm. that's like 2 billion streams. Close, but half of that, 800 million. 800 million, okay. And so the, the the tricky thing about it is where the spins are, are being made. Different markets uh, pay differently. Um, um, so uh, yeah, so about 800 something million spins generated $4 million. There's about eight rights holders to that song. By the way, song also got uh, sued um, for sample, right? And then yes. the, and the plaintiff was one in that case. And let's say because Dua Lipa was also the artist and the artist gets a share, and then I'm going to assume that modern day artist owns a piece of her publishing and gets a writing um, credit as well. She's probably eking out a little bit more than 10%, maybe between 20, 10 and 17% of a dollar. Something yep. around $400,000, $600,000. Not a bad deal economically for a single song to generate that amount of money for an artist. By the way, also, she doesn't get any of that unless she's recouped by the record label. But still, you could conceivably say to someone as advice, go ahead and write a song every day. Yes. You'll write 365 in a year. If one of them pops, if five of them pops, it raises the value of your entire portfolio. And maybe one day you too could sell it for $100 million. Not a bad deal at all. However, I would, to your point, argue again. What is the likelihood of levitation achieving that amount of spins again over what period of time to generate the next $4 million? It's not going to get an eight, 800 million spins this year. Well, and also, if everyone learns about this plan, then that means that everyone's going to be releasing 365 every year. Everyone's going to do the Drake. I think Drake figured it out, right? Like, Drake figured out that model. I'm going to write a song every day. And eventually my catalog, one or if 10% of this catalog is, is this is basically the venture capital uh, uh, thing, right? I'm a poor all over the place. One of them is going to pop. It's going to raise the value of the entire catalog. Well, and so this goes to this bigger idea. DJ Khaled is worth 10 yeah. times than what Justin Timberlake is worth then. Because DJ Khaled is the beat, he's the beat maker. He's the producer. He's a discoverer of talent. And you know he gets a percentage of every single thing yeah, he that he creates. Exactly. And his label as well. Right, right, right. Exactly. So like, why would I go work? Actually, don't even work with Justin Timberlake. Go find out who produces Justin Timberlake's music and buy that catalog. Mm-hmm. So producers. That should be the strategy. That's, that that would be, be my strategy. I wouldn't even talk to artists. I would be like, who produces all of these artists? I want every single one of them. And I will pay the a premium. premium. To also right. have access to all of their future content. That's so where is I this, Is that the drop? Is that the advice? Is that the drop? Yes. That, yes. Uh, go find the producers uh, and the writers. Find the producers and the writers. Producers, right. Because that's who's going to make all the... Actually, who's the one who did all the stuff? Like, you know, back in the 90s, that one mm-hmm. woman who wrote all of the, the soundtracks Dying and like, everything. Yes. I want, I want her catalog. <laughs> Because her catalog works a lot. That's because right. still, like every every couple years, baby she still drops one. That's oh, right. Babyface baby is another one, right? That's who yeah. you want. Like That's I don't. Again, my biggest who issue. Wants, who who should baby? Let's let's say on the other side, who should Babyface? Who should Diane Warren sell to? Should she go to BMI, which is a, probably uh, her publishing company, or Warner Brothers, or should she go to a tech company? Should she go, go to, tech to company? Go to yeah. an Apple. Amazon, let them buy it. Just think about this. I, 
like so Apple Apple TV could create like a Diane Warren documentary. They could create yeah, a Diane Warren cartoon about how to make music, how I to consistently the cool calling this the flywheel effect. Yeah. That's I, I'm just saying, I mean actually this is Disney. This is Disney. This is actually Disney. Because Disney, mm -hmm. Disney, you know, the sketch that Disney made, he was like, mm -hmm. create a cartoon, create a shirt, create, you know, mm -hmm. a cup, create Disneyland. And he was like, if you create the story, you can create an entire world around the story. And so it's actually Disney. We all just try to be like Walt Disney. We just decided to do it 100 years later. Right. So the takeaway is tech and music are merging, right? Equity firms yeah. are looking at this as steady yield, right? Their bet yeah. is on the internet, and the internet means streaming. So we believe that there is steady yield in an artist catalog. And so if you're an artist, write a song every day. If 10% of them pop, it raises the value of the entire catalog. And, actually, and write a song that will pop on TikTok. You're right. Write for TikTok. Write for the TikTok crowd. And you, too, will be a hundred millionaire. Can get a hundred millionaire. Right, 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 right. Yes. The odds are. <laughs> it won't happen. But if it does. But a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. Right. Hey, hey, and, you and actually, you don't even have to, you don't even have to give Sam and I a cut. Just donate to charity. You know, just, just, just do a couple donations. Well, That'll be our cut. Give me a cut. If this is what sparked the idea, absolutely 100%. This is why you're the better business person than I am. <laughs> Who gave you that drop? What? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like this deal. Who do you think is going to be next to, 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 to sell their catalog? Let's see. Sia would be a good example. Sia's written Who? a lot. Sia. Sia. Okay. Actually, uh, Lady Gaga's catalog also, because Lady Gaga looks like she's about to be the next Diane Warren. It's going to be writing songs for movies for the rest of our lives, and so okay. that means she's going to be nominated for an Oscar like every two every two days. So right. you know, you so she's another great example. Yeah, but both of them are both like very prolific writers. Taylor Swift also, like I don't think Taylor Swift will sell it because Taylor Swift is a boss. Like I have a feeling that Taylor Swift is actually going to create her own company and figure out how, like her own publishing company. And like, do it herself. She already she's also, You know what's going on yeah, with her right now? Uh, yeah, Scooter yeah. Braun and that Beef and her old catalog was owned by the record yeah. label, so they owned it and they sold it. And here was her hack. Quite brilliant. I, I I must say, either she is a mastermind or she does have some very smart people on her team. But right. uh, she is her hack around is to re-record those first songs yeah. to create a new recording and leverage those and release those and so basically kind of like the dave chappelle move don't watch that the chappelle show from comedy central because they own it instead watch it like basically she's doing that i'm going to re-release these songs they're re-recorded listen to this version not that version so she can yeah. cannibalize the sale and i, have I might not deal with that way <laughs> but since you have millions of dollars this is what i suggest this is what i suggest yeah so. yeah 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 all right, so if you would say to, um, you're going to say to Sia, Sia, you should probably go try to see what you can get on the market for your catalog. Sia's the next person. Okay. Sia, yes. Sia can make I that money. Her out. The Dream. The Dream owned the early 2000s um, and all of that. Um, yeah. So, yes, possibly. Actually, uh, what's the dude who does T-Pain? 
T-Pain also owned the 2000s. Oh, I think this is going to go into another uh, uh, topic of what is the long-term value of certain genres. Here's yes. a little fact. During the pandemic, pop music did not stream as much. People were nostalgic. Nope. And so the yep. value of pop music went down. How do you how are you ever gonna know what song is going to be valuable at what time? Right? What's the time value of hip hop versus pop versus country versus soul? I feel like this is actually this is totally doable. I'm sure that there's a data scientist and a data engineer who can go mm-hmm. through and look like all look at all, you know, 60, 70, 80 years of the billboard analysis and then provide us some kind of like some kind of data that shows us mm-hmm. scale-wise. I mean, obviously, I think hip-hop, hip-hop is what's a version of hip-hop. Like, obviously, this is not Tupac's hip-hop. In fact, Tupac may be very pissed about this hip-hop. But I think a version of hip-hop is probably going to be in the zeitgeist for a long time because it's, it's it used to be underground. Now it's very much in the mainstream. And hip-hop is essentially pop now. And so I think it's it, that's this is so- a Joe Budden. This is a Joe Budden conversation at this point. I, this is... <laughs> This, this is so so debatable. Like, you know, uh, the very first rap song is not being heard. We, we consider Biggie to be old school hip hop now. Yes. Um, and yes, I can, and- you could say he's very relevant, but I don't know. Is T-Pain more relevant than Young Thug at this point? I mean, Young Thug <laughs> looks better than Dress. Who's gonna, but who, how do you say who's gonna win that race? Like, if you had to buy no, no. both catalogs so, right now. But, young Thug, young, yeah. but I think Young Thug appeals to Gen Z and they are the future. Fair point. But, you know, Tina, that is a, that's another discussion. Um, I wanna hear some opinions on that. If you had to buy, if you have $50 million right now and you had to buy two catalogs, T Pain's versus Young Thug's. Well, T Pain's gonna be more prolific. I like T-Pain's opinion. <laughs> I mean, T-Pain thinks he's a shit. Remember, he's also the one who just posted that, like, you can't apply to, like, don't even apply to his place if you're not going to do a cover letter and have a professional portfolio. So he's also an old man, apparently. So, you know, I, like, you know. Apply to his what? What exactly is like, he they're to? applying for some kind of job. The internet, like, so the, the black Are you talking about his restaurant? I don't think there's anybody. Oh, no, 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 no. This, was his, okay. this is his recording studio and stuff. I was just oh. like, all right, T-Pain. T-Pain says you need to be professional. Send resumes uh, with portfolio links. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the Drops Podcast. We love having you. We love your feedback. Please do connect with us across social media. We are the Drops Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And we also have a great email, thedropspodcast at gmail.com. You can send in any questions that you have, and we definitely would love to answer them on the podcast. Feel free to ask just about anything because we have experienced a ton of different things. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Drops Podcast.